welcome to the first story of our podcast the story is about the boy and the candle a sufi mystic was entering the village you know and he came across a small boy who was carrying a candle the mystic saw the boy the boy was very innocent his face was lit by the light of the candle it was dark at that time and the mystic jokingly asked the boy have you yourself lighted the candle the boy replied yes sir i myself lit the candle and uh, further the mystic jokingly proceeded then you must have known from where the flame comes can you tell me from where the flame comes the boy laughed and blew out the candle and said now you have seen it going can you tell me where it has gone it was profound the mystic was stunned such a big truth no the flame has gone somewhere the light has gone somewhere it's not a moment it just vanished right it came from nowhere of course you did the process of lighting it up but the light came from somewhere and it went somewhere else where did it go from the place it came so nobody knows from where it comes and nobody knows where it goes same way our life it comes and goes we did not ask to be born but we are born here and we died we don't know where we are going to go where this life is going to go the physical body is of course we know we know like the light the life in us we don't know from where it comes and where it goes from nothingness it came and it goes back into nothingness this is nirvana and sufis have a word for it that mystic who asked the boy was a sufi and miss and sufis have a word for it that is fana it means exactly the same one is utterly lost fana in sufism is passing away or annihilation fana means to die before one dies a concept highlighted by famous notable muslim saints such as rumi and sultan baho so fana means annihilation or to die before one dies fana means to die before one dies there is no need to do anything on the path of will or the path of knowledge or on the path of feeling nothing needs to be done because if you do something you will remain you will persist a little something of the ego may linger on no change no improvement no effort to make you better is needed just be just be there don't do anything doing things is merely enhancing your ego making your ego to live a little bit longer so this is the story of the boy and candle a profound truth with this hope you understood stay with me for further stories and episodes thank you so much
welcome to our second story in our podcast today we will be seeing the story of sri ramakrishna and totapuri everybody knows about sri ramakrishna paramahamsa the saint of kolkata who worshiped kali and he is not also a follower of bhakti worship of kali but he was well versed in other streams also and about other religions also he had practiced and excelled in it but one thing he could never achieve in early life was advaita vedanta however he moved forward in other discipline easily in advaita vedanta he was stuck up at one point some point then a lot of great personalities saints used to visit sri ramakrishna paramahamsa and there was one person totapuri who visited him totapuri is a rare personality in the world he was like bodhidharma a very strange man he used to walk naked utterly free from all atta- attachments all kinds of morality ethics rules and regulations he was a paramahamsa a jivan mukta he was free in his life absolutely free freedom of his quality just wandering around ganges he came to dakshineshwar dakshineshwar is the place in calcutta where sri ramakrishna paramahamsa was residing in his kali temple ramakrishna paramahamsa sahim he was interested in me here he has never seen such a free man full of grace and beauty and totapuri is a advaitin follower of advaita vedanta so ramakrishna paramahamsa said he requested please help me to achieve this oneness totapuri replied yeah i will help you but you have to do one thing you have to destroy your mother kali the mother goddess you are worshiping day in day out and ramakrishna was shaking he was trembling and perspiring what are you telling how can i destroy my mother goddess she is my mother and my life is whole dependent on her it is her wish every moment i am trying to fulfill every moment i am worshiping her how can i destroy her she is my all in all she is my soul she is my heart i'll die totapuri said so die if you have to die die but kill this mother if you really want to have freedom you have to destroy all connections all attachments and you have 
removed all your attachments everything you have done it you have achieved it but you are keeping this attachment of kali with you you are not attached to your wife you are not attached to money you are not attached to the world so all these are not a problem but you are attached to this mother kali your goddess your idea of goddess it's beautiful but still it is away from the truth it is not reality so ramakrishna tried to remove the image of kali but he could never do that he was sitting in front of tutapuri but the moment he closed his eyes mother kali would appear there she will be displayed in all her glory and his mind would start swaying he cannot does say kali the image of kali in from his mind he will forget about totapuri completely and what totapuri told so totapuri told every time you are falling into dream it is all dream why don't you take a sword and cut her into pieces and many times ramakrishna paramahansa tried but he could never do that when kali comes he forgot everything he forgot the whole world only kali remained and he forgot about totapuri sitting in front of him the vision of mother was so beautiful he could never throw her out he could never see the formless totapuri got fed up and he said i have stayed here dakshineshwar for so long now i have to move i can't stay in one place for long and before leaving today i am giving you the one last chance i have brought this place of piece of glass for what he said when i see that tears starts rolling from your eyes from the vision of the goddess kali your mother kali then i will cut with this small piece of glass on your center point the point between your eyes i'll cut it deeply blood will start oozing then you will remember that i am here totapuri is here and you have to take the sword and cut the mother in pieces then ramakrishna asked from where shall i bring the sword Tutapri replied from where have you brought the mother it is the same source your mother is your imagination goddess kali is your imagination from the same imagination bring the sword and cut the vision of kali into pieces and that day tutapuri uh, ramakrishna tried tutapuri cut ramakrishna's third eye with a piece of glass when the tears started rolling in ramakrishna paramahamsa's cheeks when the cut was deep ramakrishna remembered totapuri sitting in front of him he remembered what he said he took the sword and cut the vision of mother kali into pieces and then attained the level of formlessness when the image of kali the vision of kali 
which was the last closed door for Sri Ramakrishna, that was gone, that was open, the image is gone. Then he merged with the formless. So he was in Samadhi for six days. When he came back, the first words uttered were, the last barrier has fallen. I am infinitely grateful to you, Master Totapuri. The last barrier has fallen. So all these barriers are our own imaginations. You leave everything, then you become the formless. One with God, one with the universal. So this is the story of Sri Ramakrishna Paramahamsa and Totapuri. With this we will end this episode. Stay with me for another event in this podcast. Share this podcast. Thank you. Welcome to another episode. Today we are going to see a story about Buddha and Ananda and dirty water. So this is a nice story. It was a hot summer day and Buddha was walking along with his disciples. And uh, he was feeling very thirsty. They have walked quite long. And he was feeling very thirsty. He said to Ananda, his chief disciple, Ananda, you go back and bring me some water. I am feeling tired and thirsty. Three, four miles back, we crossed a stream. And you can go there and bring water. Ananda took Buddha's begging bowl and marched towards that stream which they crossed some time ago. It was three, four miles back. And when he went there, just then some bullock carts have crossed the stream. And it was totally muddied by the passage of the bullock carts. And uh, Ananda thought, there is no point in taking this. It is so much muddied and it is not worth drinking now. All the leaves, mud, everything has come up. So he went back to the place where Buddha was waiting and told him that place where he told in that stream, Bulakats have passed and it is totally muddied now. You can't drink that water. So I inquired, the people said, ahead of this place, if you go further 2-3 miles, there is one more stream which is crossing our path and I will go there and bring you some water. So you will have to wait longer. Buddha listened to that and told Ananda, you go back to the original place which we crossed, which you went again, go there again. and." Wait there till the water is clear. You bring that water, it must be clear by now. If it is not clear, you wait for some more time so that the water is completely clear and then bring that water from the very same stream which I told you. Ananda was feeling a little bit irritated, annoyed. He thought, why just now I went there 
and I'm coming back and there is no fun in going there and bringing that muddied water. It was a walk of three, four miles and it is not worth. So anyway, he cannot uh, di uh, disobey Buddha's instructions. So he went back to the stream. Like Buddha told, the water was almost clear, only some little muddy water and some leaves were there. So he was sitting on the bank silently for some more time. By the time water became crystal clear again. So he followed Buddha's instructions. He waited there. Once it is clear, he brought the water back. And in the process of waiting there, watching that stream, getting clear, he got the message. He was joyous. He danced and understanding the meaning. And he came back with water, gave the water to Buddha and just fell at his feet and told him, thank you. Buddha said, why you should thank me? I should thank you for bringing this water. You have brought this water to me. You have walked twice there. I should thank you. No, no. At first I was angry. I thought, what idiocy this is. It, the water is mudded. Why I should go back and bring it? But now I understand. If I wait long enough, the water becomes clear. Same way, my mind is muddied. It is with all emotions and thoughts. And if I am going to meddle with that again, then it is going to be more dirty with more mud, with more problems. More problems start coming up in the mind, on the surface. It is going to trouble me. And if I am going to sit silently and watch, without troubling the mind, everything is going to become calm and clear after some time. So this I have understood when I followed your instructions. So I will never allow the old hurts, wounds and memories and desires to come up again. I won't kindle it. I will be sitting unconcerned, like sitting in the river bank. And my mind will become calm. This I have understood and this you have taught me. So this is the story of Buddha and Ananda with the muddy water. So you have also understood. Don't stir up your mind. Let it calm down. Let it go away. Everything, let everything fall silent. Then you will understand the truth. You will reach the peace. So with this, we are ending this story. Stay with me for another story. Thank you. Hello, welcome to another episode of our podcast, India Story. Today's story we will see about a Zen monk's death sentence. 
A sin monk was sentenced to death. The king's country called him, king of the country called him, and said to, said to him, "You have got only twenty-four hours to live. How are you going to live? What way you are going to live this, spend this time?" The monk laughed and said, "I am going to live moment to moment, as I always have lived. I live in this moment." I have been living like this once I have realized truth long ago there has never been more than a moment's life for me so what does it matter whether i have 24 hours or 24 years or 24 minutes it does not matter i live at this moment and i live it fully it does not matter a king was little bit perplexed he failed to understand what the zen monk was telling sir i could not understand explain to me so the monk told him can you live at two moments it is not possible you will not live at this moment you can live at only the present moment you can think about so many things in this moment that will be past and future but you can live only at this moment not more than that living is only at this moment thinking can be about anything so many things at this moment but living is only one thing you can never live in two men- moments simultaneously it is not at all possible moment is so flickering and we are engrossed in thoughts about the past or the future so we fail to capture this present moment and miss this present moment in which we are living so we miss our life so this moment is very important this is the story so understand forget about forget about the past and the future live in this moment fully you can plan for the future execute it and everything you can learn from mistakes of the past but living is at this moment what is necessary to think you think rest of the thoughts leave it live in this moment with this we will end this episode thank you Welcome to another story. Today we will see about realization of Rabindranath Tagore. Rabindranath Tagore is a Nobel laureate. He lived in Kolkata in India. He won Nobel prize for his famous poem Geetanjali. He has written other works also. and he is a great personality he became famous world over he was straight forward and simple this is an event which seems to have happened in his life and tagore after winning the nobel prize he was so famous everybody thought he is a reflection of 
the Vedas, the Upanishads. He is a Maharishi. That's what the common man thought, the people thought. And there was an old man living near the house of Ravindranath Tagore. And uh, he used to sit outside his house. And whenever Ravindranath Tagore came out of the house, he used to ask, Please tell me truly, have you known God? And Tagore is a straightforward person who never told a lie. The old man looked straight into his eyes and asked this question, Have you seen God, known God? And uh, Ramidranath Tagore, who was so famous, the person who won the Nobel Prize, who is revered by everybody and thought as a Maharishi, he used to be troubled by this old man. He could not answer him. He could not answer his question. Have you known God? Because he has never realized the truth. So Tagore could not answer this old man. And there is no way of avoiding this old man because he was a neighbor and he has to cross his house whenever he has to go out. And he has to inquire whether this person is sitting, old man is sitting outside his house. He used to sit always outside his house. He has to inquire. Otherwise he will grab hold of him and ask him, have you known God? Have you really seen God? And Tagore used to tremble on hearing these words and this old man would laugh heartily, loudly on hearing the answer. Then Tagore's mind was upset. That troubled him in his sleep. He had nightmares. And he has even begun to think he has uh, done a great mistake by writing this Gitanchali. This old man is troubling me. He is harassing me. And uh, this old man's eyes uh, seem to know something. So he cannot get, get, get away with that. It is not a simple question. There was something in this old man that troubled him. And years passed and the old man was haunting him. But one day, there was a, it was a rainy season, there was a heavy rain. It was the first downpour of the season, rainy season. And it was leaving puddles everywhere and reservoirs, small reservoirs or water formed in the roadside. It was filled with water, frogs were croaking. It was the morning, on such a morning, Rabindranath Tagore came out of the house and luckily the old man was not there. Perhaps he has not got up yet from his sleep. It was quite early and the new fragrance of the earth was there. It was beautiful. So Rabindranath Tagore ran out of the house. The sun was rising over the sea and he stopped at the seashore. He was enjoying the scenery. The sun was just rising 
and it was shimmering in the water he looked at the sun and the reflection then began to return to his home the sun was reflected in every puddle on the road side the dirty ditch on the road side it was shining all around in dirty puddles on the sea in the clean small streams on every side seeing all this and indefinable sound music began to play in rabindranath tagore's heart as he was returning he was dancing he realized that the reflection of the sun in the muddy water it never tarnished the purity of the sun and the sky the reflection was in the ditch in the muddy water in the road side but that never tarnished the real sun then the reflection on the on seeing these reflection of the sun the realization came to him that the absolute truth the ever present it never gets dirtied by human beings the actions of the human beings it is absolutely fresh and clean if you call that power god or something that is not tainted by worst of the men it can never be made dirty the reflection in the most sinful person is as pure as the most pious person so he was in ecstasy and he was dancing and the door has opened within tagore and while returning the old man was sitting near the door he has woken up by this time and he was sitting and when he saw the tagore he realized this person has changed and even tagore was not afraid to face this man so the old man told him it's all right it seems you have known him after all these years now i accept that and he embraced the old man embraced tagore your ecstasy dancing tells me that you have known him now i can honor you then for 3 days tagore was in the state of ecstasy the family men were afraid afraid that tagore has become mad but the old man told him no he was mad till now now it's okay he is all right and tagore was living with that truth in that ecstasy and he had to control himself so that his actions are mis- not mistaken by these people and the real music was born in his life he was always earning and praying oh god where is your door now god is his door and now wherever he looked he could see this door see the god up until then he was searching for god and asking where are you hiding 
but now he is amazed because god is already in him and there is nothing else but god in this world he who sees all his presence see see his presence in all existence or sees the entire existence as himself is truly a wise man and such a person is beyond attachment and grief remember this there is nothing neither happiness nor unhappiness in this life there is only ecstasy there is only happiness the purity of existence dances in this life the life itself he is life itself dancing and singing and praise the existence his life itself is music and all that brings grief and all that binds all that becomes attachment that seems to bring happiness is the cause of unhappiness tomorrow all this have no place in this life now it is a mirror now you are he is a mirror when you stand before a mirror you see the reflections on it when you go away from it it the reflection leaves it does not hold on to you no sooner are you gone from it then it becomes a empty without reflection the mirror carries no attachment to you that is why when you stand aside in front of it it is not broken into pieces out of zero sorrow for you its heart does not break into pieces it does not say how can i now live without you instead it says when you stood before me you were very beautiful very good and you showed me a great favor and now when you leave me i feel no displeasure nothing changes the mirror is as joyful when it is empty and unreflecting as it was when it was filled with reflection like in a mirror no mirror always reflects what it is in front of the mirror what was what is before it it reflects that when that person or an object it leaves the mirror it is empty nothing is reflected it has no attachment to the what is reflected the image it truly reflects it it has no attachment when it goes away it does not break its heart the image goes away it becomes empty so like that live like that live like a mirror in this world please don't hold any attachments don't hold on to anything reflect what is there at this moment when the thing changes don't worry about it because that is the nature it is bound to change happy is the man who sees a flower and becomes a reflection throws its reflection back sees the godliness in it if there is nothing in front of you then all is empty you see godliness in emptiness the very emptiness is godliness then you dance in emptiness in ecstasy even in emptiness so now let us become mirrors ourselves brothers we will end this story stay with me for another episode another story share this podcast thank you Welcome to another story 
in today's story we will see buddha and a criminal this man a great criminal he is a murderer a sinner and he is one of the worst he came to see buddha he wanted to be initiated when he came he was afraid that people might not allow him entry they will not allow him to go near buddha so he came up at a such a time when there were not too many people and he jumped through a wall small wall but buddha was not there at that time he had gone for his begging routine and this fellow was caught by the disciples he told the disciples i have not come to steal anything i was just afraid that you guys will not allow me so i jumped over the wall but i want to get initiated by buddha i am a well known figure well known criminal most hated and feared man here everybody knows me so you may not allow me so for that question only for that problem only i came not through the main gate but jumped over the wall i wanted to become a sanyasin but nobody believed him this is a well known criminal he is famous in that area so how can somebody believe that he has come here to become a sanyasin so they took him to sariputra one of buddha's greatest disciples and he is a astrologer also who could see the whole past lives of people and he looked at this man and he knew immediately that this guy is a murderer great criminal no virtue and not only in this lives he could see all the past lives of this person he never had done something good he was always a criminal and one of the worst criminals so looking at that uh, sariputra was trembling at the sins committed by this criminal he is established a sinner and for many lives so nobody can do anything sariputra said no even if he tells truth he cannot become a sanyasin because all his past lives in this life and his past lives and many past lives he has never done anything good he had always been a criminal and throw this man out take him away immediately because even buddha will become a failure with this man and he is a established sinner enough is enough so the man was being turned out of the ashram of the place and this fellow felt hurt there is no chance for him alive he cannot be around buddha he cannot become a sanyasin he cannot become a good person so he wanted to commit suicide while they were passing through the main gate buddha was coming and uh, he saw this person this person was hitting his head against the wall trying to commit suicide to kill himself buddha stopped him asked him to come inside he took him inside and the disciples told no already we have seen this guy it's not possible you can't do anything with him sariputra told him i have seen all his past lives but buddha told let him be here 
and it is told that in 7 days this person this hardcore criminal became enlightened like anyone else and everybody was puzzled sariputra was totally surprised astonished he said what is this i have looked at his total past life is that a nonsense how can this happen how did this person become enlightened in a, such a short time just 7 days people are spending years and years and maybe their lifetime and some even not become enlightened with such an effort this guy in 7 days he become enlightened how is it possible so he asked buddha buddha said sariputra you looked at his past you are a good man your past has been good and you are not burdened with the past so you have a kind and righteous heart you have been a brahmin for many lives a scholar respected person burdened but that other person is burdened and he wanted sincerely wanted to live out his past he wanted to change he wanted to change immediately that is what matters that is what brought this transformation he felt guilty he wanted to be transformed right then and that is what actually matters so this person got transformed in 7 days because he was sincere he regretted his past he wanted to be a good person and he did that in earnestness in sense with sincerity so he became enlightened in 7 days so your attitude or your mind your understanding that you have to change you have to be correct you have to be truthful you have to be honest that is what matters not your past you have been you can be anything in the past but right now if you are willing to change that is what matters so with this we'll end this story of buddha and the criminal thank you for listening stay with me for another story welcome to another story this story is about the great one of the great uh, philosopher of greece pythagoras pythagoras uh, reached egypt to enter a esoteric school of mysticism he want to understand the mysticism and pythagoras was one of the best minds of his time and uh, he wanted to join that school but they told unless you go for a fasting for 24 days you won't be allowed in he applied again and again they would not admit him he said i am not interested in fasting and breathing i i should be allowed to enter the school 
and uh, i have come here for knowledge not any sort of discipline i understand the disciplines i am not going to go through this disciplines and i have come here for knowledge but the authorities said we cannot give you knowledge unless you are different and actually we are not interested in knowledge at all we are interested in actual experience no knowledge is knowledge unless it is lived and experienced theory is does not matter so you will have to go on 40 days fast it was not 24 days it was a 40 day fast continuously breathing in a certain manner with a certain awareness on certain points there was no other way so pitagoras has to pass through this training otherwise they won't allow it and he essentially wanted to enter that at any cost so after so much of delays reapplying again and again finally he had to agree because they won't budge and after 40 days of fasting and breathing awareness and attentive which they suggested he was allowed to enter the school and it is said pythagoras told them you are not allowing the old pythagoras now pythagoras is a different man i am reborn you were right and i was wrong because earlier my whole standpoint was intellectual through this purification through this fasting through this breathing and other methods you were suggested for the past 40 days my center of being has changed the intellect has come down to the heart now i can feel the things earlier i used to only think intellectually now i can feel the things i can understand the world i can feel it now it is not through the head now it is through the heart earlier it was concept now it is reality and now i understand why you insisted on this 40 days of fasting and breathing so with that he has entered so we should understand with from this story that reality is not theoretical it is not intellectual it is what is an existence in you and around you so with this we will end this short story and these stories mostly what we have told us from osho's books thank you stay with me for another story welcome to another episode in today's story we will see about nagarjuna and the begging bowl we'll see about nagarjuna and the begging bowl nagarjuna is a great this is again one of the osho stories and nagarjuna is a great mystic he used to live naked and even the kings and queens used to touch his feet he was absolutely a beggar he had not even a begging bowl so when he was visiting the capital the queen gave him a begging bowl 
studded with diamonds and she asked him to keep it he refused he said i am a beggar i don't have anything why should i keep this but if i reject it you will be hurt but the fact is i won't be able to keep this long because i sleep under the sky open sky below the trees and in the streets are abandoned buildings so so nobody will be able to keep this i am going to sleep there and somebody is going to steal it the queen said no it does not matter if you lose it i'll make another and give it to you the moment it is lost or when I, when i meet you next time rajana said i have no objection if you don't mind that i have no objection but i am going not going to safeguard this this is going to be there with me if i am going to sleep i am going to sleep and see if somebody is going to steal they are going to steal and a thief who was around he was saying this oh god a beggar a naked beggar and a golden begging bowl studded with diamonds worth millions of rupees and it does not suit him it does not fit let me follow and steal it and afterwards nagarjuna was on his way he reached outside the town and there was a ruined building he was planning to stay there for a night the ruined building had no doors or windows it was open somebody has it has gone away there so it was only holes for the doors and windows it cannot be closed it was ruined and nagarjuna was about to sleep then he noticed this guy and he must be following me to steal this begging bowl why should i make him a thief let me throw this out so that he can take and go away so he threw the begging bowl out through the window open window and the thief took it nagarjuna threw it because he he if he comes and takes it he will become a thief if it is thrown and given to him then that does not make him thief so nagarjuna told take it i'll give it to you as a gift i'll not force you to become a thief the man could not run away he could not believe it he was frozen how can somebody give something worth millions just like that he has never seen a man such a man who can throw a thing worth millions of rupees just as if it is nothing and he is saving him from being a thief he is giving it to him as he would give it a friend as a gift something triggered in this thief's heart he said can i come inside and touch your feet for a few minutes i have never seen such a man such a man like you nagarjuna said please come in i was waiting for that how could you manage to throw such a thing i am a thief to be honest to be honest i cannot be dishonest with a man like you 
you don't want me to be a thief but that is my profession i had to steal nagarjuna said no harm you can continue to be a thief but just remember that you are also a buddha he said my god i am a thief and you are telling me to remember that i am a buddha nagarjuna said this is enough you just try and i am going to stay for two weeks you can come any time any day or night to give me the result of what happens after the third day the thief came back with the begging bowl he said please take it back otherwise i will be murdered now everybody the whole town knows that i am i have taken the begging bowl from you the golden bowl started with diamonds worth millions of rupees so it can be only protected by a king or queen if i am going to take this somebody is going to kill me murder me agarjuna said you leave it here it is not important what is important is what happened to you what happened after the discipline i have given to you you have given a tremendous discipline i thought first it was easy just to tell or remember that i am a buddha but you are a very clever man when i want to steal something the remembrance that i am a buddha comes to me and i'll be frozen my hands would not move there to take anything for 3 days i have not stolen a thing single thing this is unprecedented in my life and i don't think that again i will be able to steal this is a dangerous thing you have said to me because the moment i find the opportunity to steal something the remembrance that i am a buddha comes to me i simply relax i escape this is not right for a buddha i cannot let you down i cannot let buddha down nagarjuna said that is your problem but take this begging bowl someone else will take it otherwise it does not matter who takes it the thief said forget all about it you also remember i also remember i am a buddha the very remembrance of who you are is going to transform your whole life you cannot do anything against your consciousness you have been doing it because you have been unaware the only secret is to achieve recognition that inside you there is a witnessing self the name of the witnessing self is buddha in every act in every word just remember your inner being its blissfulness its silence its grandeur the eternity and you cannot be the same man this is called the transmission of the lamp it happens in the intimacy of the master and the disciple nothing is said but something is understood the very energy of the master the very presence simply penetrates you and awakens you bringing you out of your dreams and your sleep that is the meaning of the word buddha one who is awake again this is from osho So with this we'll end this story. Stay with me for another story. Subscribe to this channel. Share this podcast. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of our story series. 
and today we will see a story from Sri Ramakrishna Paramahamsa's Tales and Parables of Ramakrishna. The story is Man and Three Robbers. And it is named as In the Forest of the World. Sri Ramakrishna Paramahamsa used to tell very small stories but with in-depth meaning. Each story, if properly understood, can lead you to enlightenment. Similar is this story in the forest of the world. He compares the world to the forest. Let us see the stories. Once a man, maybe a farmer, who has sold his rich produce in the market, he was running back to his village. And as in old times, when you return to your home from the market, you will have to cross the forests and rivers. It was not urbanized at that olden times. So this person was carrying some valuables, money, when he sold his produce, he got that money. So with more cash, he was crossing this forest and at the other end of the forest is this village. And uh, robbers knew this. They will be waiting for these villages to come. They pounce upon them to steal their valuables, the money. Similarly, three robbers were there on that particular day on this road and they pounced upon this villager. They stole all his money, whatever he had in his possession, they stole. Then the one robber of the three, one robber said, what is the use of this person? Let us kill him. We have taken our money. Why should we keep this man alive? Let us kill him so that he may not identify us. So he was about to kill him with his sword. When the second robber told him, no, 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 no. What is the use of killing him? Anyway, nobody is going to find us. Let us tie his hand and legs and throw him in a ditch. Leave him here so that we can safely escape. There is no use in killing him. And so the robbers tied him with the rope which was available there. Both hands and feet. Then pushed him aside and went their away, went their way. After some time, one of the robbers returned back. He untied the man. He said, Oh, I am sorry. Are you hurt? I'll release you from your bonds. After setting the man free, the thief said, Come with me. Now it is getting dark and you will not know the way. But I know the way thoroughly. We are in this, roaming around this area. I'll lead you to the public highway. After a long time, they reached the road. And he, it was the end of the forest. 
and from there he showed him the village this is the road see that far beyond is your village go there and this farmer said you had been kind to me so please come to my house i'll treat you with a good meal you must be tired by now you let go back to that place we have walked a long distance come to my house he said no i cannot go once i enter the village the police will know they will catch hold of me even if i go to the highway some police may be there and village definitely not there will be police and they will catch hold of me they all know we are all robbers so having said that he left him near the highway and went back on this to join the other two thieves the story is the world is the forest the analogy the world is the forest and the three robbers are the three characters of us of every human being sattva rajas and tamas sattva is the character we'll start from tamas tamas is a character which is the basic instinct of every human being the baser instincts the animal instincts which is lurking within us the rajas is the action oriented character rajas make you into action make decisions which are productive so that is rajas and sattva is the highest of our characters the benevolence the love the kindness the spiritual inclinations everything is sattva so these are the three characters of us and the robbers three robbers are these three characters sattva rajas and tamas and what do they rob the valuables are your wisdom the knowledge of the truth the knowledge of the ultimate the understanding of the ultimate that is what these three characters three robbers sattva rajas and tamas they steal from you tamas the baser instincts wants to destroy you whereas rajas propels you into action but binds you to the world like the robber who first the tamas was the robber who wanted to kill with a sword and rajas was the robber who want who tied the farmer with the rope so tamas wants to destroy you through anger lust greediness everything it will destroy you whereas rajas propels you into action the action of earning money the action of doing something technical whatever any action that is rajas 
it is positive but still it binds you to this world and the ultimate sattva rescues you from the tamas clutches of tamas and rajas under the protection of sattva you are rescued from anger passion and other evil effects sattva loosens the bonds of the world but still sattva is also a robber it may lead you to the highway it may lead you to your village which is enlightenment but it cannot put you there the ultimate knowledge of the truth truth it shows you the way all these scriptures all your gurus they can show you the way but they cannot make you reach there they will show you the road leading to the supreme abode of god or the ultimate truth they can set you on the path satwa will tell you look beyond this that is your home that is the ultimate truth that is realization they can show you the path so even sattva will have to stop there then you are on your own that is the truth told by this small story the forest and the the forest of the world the ban and the three robbers so with this we will end this story stay with me for another episode share this story for everyone thank you welcome to another episode of our story today we will see a small story from shri ramakrishna paramahamsa tales and parables of shri ramakrishna paramahamsa the elder the pumpkin cutter no in olden days the even nowadays you can see there must be a there will be a old man who is a, a retiree or whatever who lives in the family and is always uh, ready day in day out to entertain the grandchildren he sits there in a corner maybe drinks his coffee or tea in old times it used to be smoking and uh, he has nothing particular to do he leads a lazy life now and again he goes to the inner court and cut the pumpkin for the ladies because in olden times the ladies do not cut the pumpkin so he his only main job is to cut the pumpkin for the ladies when they are cooking and uh, so they are these old men are called the pumpkin cutters that is the only assignment they have and that is the only usefulness they have so that is why the name so he is neither the man of world nor the devotee of god and that is not good that is what shri ramakrishna paramahamsa says so this is a continuation to the statement neither here nor there 
so if you are really eager spiritual then try to find out the meaning of life or if you are a devotee pray to your god have love affection humbleness of a devotee or understand the real meaning of life consciousness self if you are into the path of jnana or if you are worldly then go about doing your duties whatever is useful to the world if you sit idle and lazy it is neither here nor there not useful for you or the world so this is shri ramakrishna's advice through the story elder the pumpkin cutter so we will end this episode stay with me for another story next time thank you